Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Alhamdulillah, thank you guys for joining me tonight. You guys on Instagram, can you hear me? You guys good? Can everybody on Instagram, can you guys hear me? Just want to make sure everybody tapped in before I begin reading. Okay, so alhamdulillah, we finally arrived at that moment uh, that most have been waiting for, and that is um, the 70 laws of virtue. The 70 laws of virtue. We have been talking about this book. We have been talking about this since. Uh, okay, let me um, stop the Instagram. Here we go. All right, let's try it again. Okay, so alhamdulillah, we have been talking about this book since, uh, you know, since we stopped the class, since we started the class of maybe a couple of Ramadans ago. Walilah alhamd, and the book has finally arrived. The book is. Uh, pretty extensive. We're talking about 350 pages. This book is 350 pages. This is the 70 laws of virtue. All right. The untold story of Prophet Yusuf. For many of you guys that uh, that attended the lesson, you attended the lessons, you know, a couple of Ramadans ago. Um, alhamdulillah, we've now been able to take all of that information and to turn it into, uh, inshallah, we hoping will, will be um, um, a piece of a piece of history, inshallah ta'ala. So for those of you guys who attended the lessons uh, during that Ramadan, this is all of those lessons compounded, you know, condensed into this small piece of work, and we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts it from us. The book is on sale now for $29.99, $29.99. Uh, right now it's a soft cover. I am working uh, with Amazon to get it into a hard cover. I will keep you guys posted, but inshallah, it's looking very promising. So inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to, um, I'm working on getting this into a hard cover. The hard cover is obviously going to be a little bit more than $29.99. But for those of you who would like to spend a little bit more money, uh, and get it in a hard cover, that option will be made available, inshallah ta'ala, very soon. For those of you, this might be a personal, you know, a personal purchase, right? It's personal purchase because you attended the lessons, you were there every night, you cried, you wiped your nose, you wiped your eyes, you know, throughout those moments that required, you know, crying and, you know, being very emotional. Uh, this was a, a very emotional story for those of you who, who were there. Um, and for those of you who are not there, you can always go to YouTube and you can start from video number one and you can work your way up until you finish the videos and you will understand what it was like. All right. For 90, 98% of you who purchased the book, your orders have already been shipped. 
All right, uh, I have one more batch of orders that will go out tomorrow morning. But for the vast majority of you, you need to don't need to worry about when your order is being shipped. All of the books have been shipped. I have been shipping books out since the beginning of this week, since Monday. All right, so books are alhamdulillah. Some people have already received their books, and some people are still waiting. Inshallah, time. All right, the book is twenty nine ninety nine. You can purchase the book directly from me at PayPal. Uh, Imam Shadid Muhammad at Gmail, or you can go directly to our masjid website, uh, masjid.com and you can purchase the book directly from the masjid. All right, or you can meet me at Christiana Mall tomorrow, uh, or Saturday, or Sunday, where Masjid Arolda, Arolda Publications will be displaying all of its publications at uh, Christiana Mall. All right, so we'll be at Christiana Mall tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, from the time the mall opens until the time the mall closes. I won't be there until about 5 p.m., inshallah ta'ala. I will be there if you would like your book signed, if you would like to, you know, kind of just chop it up for a little bit, then please come through, inshallah. Come, we're at Christiana Mall here in Newark, Delaware. We will be right outside of the Target where the gap is. Uh, right there in the hallway, we have our little section set up right there in the hallway. Alhamdulillah. Uh, we have pamphlets for non-Muslims. If you have non-Muslims that you would like to bring, uh, we have some pamphlets that we want to give out to non-Muslims. Perhaps we have some um, English translations of the Quran that we will be giving away. And we also have books for sale. We also have books for sale, all of the books that have been published by uh, all the publications. Roll the publications. These are publications that our um, um, book uh, publishing company, Rolla, uh, has been producing for the, the past few years. Inshallah, if you are following, then you know that we've produced a few books within the, the next few years, and we're still working on more books that we are going to produce, inshallah ta'ala. These are publications that are written for us by us. Publications that are written for us by, uh, or by us for us, inshallah ta'ala. When I mean by us, for us, meaning it's been written from Muslims, African-American Muslims from this particular diaspora who understands the language, understands the culture, understands the, the fabric of what it means to be an African-American Muslim in this particular current, uh, in this current climate. And the material is uh, taken from authentic sources, but written in a way that appeals to our experience. That's what I mean. All right. That's what I mean. So I'm going to take a particular um, um, section of this book. I'm going to take a particular chapter from this book and I'm going to read that chapter, inshallah ta'ala, so you guys can get an idea of what to look forward to as you wait on your book or as you uh, anticipate purchasing the book, inshallah ta'ala. All right. So I'm on chapter uh, law 55. The book is written not by chapters, but by laws. All right. And the idea of writing this book uh, came from or the way that the book is written. The idea was taken from the book, very famous book, very powerful book, The 48 Laws of Power. All right. Many of you guys uh, might be familiar with that book, may be familiar with that particular publication, The 48 Laws of Power. This book kind of reads a lot like that. I structured the book in the same exact fashion, similar to what I did with uh, He Came to Perfect Moral Character, which I structured according to Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. All right. So I'm drawing from 
you know, our, you know, our culture. I'm drawing from things that, you know, are popular in our culture and I'm making it relevant to us as Muslims. So the 48 Laws of Power, the way that that book is structured, the way that it was written, I structured this book in the same exact fashion. All right. I didn't want to write it in the terms of a storybook. Right. I didn't want to write the story of Yusuf as a storybook because the story is already in the Quran. So if you want to read it as a story, you can read it from the Quran or you can go from other publications that you can find it written as a storyline. This book is not written as a storyline. So what I do is I label the chapter heading similar to Imam al-Bukhari drawing from Imam al-Bukhari's uh, work, Sahih al-Bukhari, where he chooses the chapter title based upon the narration that he brings underneath. So you read the chapter title and then you can surmise from the chapter title the part of the story that I'm in. So after the chapter title, then there is the uh, the actual ayat of where we are. So it brings you along through the story, but not like a storyline. So you get the chapter title, and then underneath the chapter title, you get the actual ayat that, that you're in in the story as a reference, Quranic reference. And then underneath, we begin where the person, where the chapter leaves off from the previous part of the story, picks up from where it leaves off, and then segues into how that particular principle can be applied in our day and time. All right? That's the, the pretty much the premise of the book. So I'm going to read one of my favorite chapters or favorite laws, right? I call it the 70 laws of virtue because everything that we learn from the story of Prophet Yusuf can be seen as a virtue, virtues, principles, things that will bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a virtue, good quality, good characteristic that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I was able to extract 70, more than 70, but 70 is what I put in the book. So each chapter is a law, which is a principle that you can apply to your life taken from the story of Prophet Yusuf, All right? So I'm on law number 55. This is actually one of my favorite. As I was writing the book, this is the one that gave me, you know, that, that, that tearjerker for me. Um, as you guys get your own copy of the book, you might find another chapter more relatable, but this one for me, is probably one of the most relatable chapters. Law number 55, you guys ready for this? Law number 55, be the rose that grew from the concrete. That's the name of the chapter. That's the name of the law. Be the rose that grew from the concrete. Many of you guys might be familiar with this reference. Does anybody know what this reference came from? Where's the reference? You have to be well read to understand some of the references that I'm making here. If you just read Islamic material, Islamic books, and you're not, you know, your experiences, you know, don't take you beyond, you know, the, the bookshelf that is in your living room of Islamic books, then, you know, you're going to be a bit lost. There are references. In order for you to understand where I'm going with this, you have to understand the references. Tupac, right. Tupac wrote a line of poetry. 
right? He wrote some poetry called The Rose That Grew From The Concrete. And if you understand the reference of the rose that grew from the concrete, then that within itself should, should give you some deeper understanding of where I'm going with this. What is the rose that grew from the concrete? Let's listen to this. Law number 55, right? Law number 55. Be the rose that grew from the concrete. Then I bring the Quranic reference. And Yusuf's brothers came to Egypt and presented themselves before him. He recognized them, but they did not know who he was. So this is now taking you to the portion of the story where Yusuf's brothers finally come to Egypt, right? Yusuf, upon entering uh, into the king's, uh, into the king's uh, uh, court, Yusuf immediately recognizes his brothers, but they don't know who he is. This is after Yusuf has been lied on, put in prison, you know, cleared his name, came out of prison. He's sitting on a throne next to the king. And now this is his first time seeing his brothers in over 40 years. This is the first time of seeing his brothers after all of the, what they did to him after a period of 40 years, right? So over 40 years had passed since Yusuf last saw his brothers. And now here they are in the king's court asking for food supplies due to the drought that affected Egypt and the surrounding areas. The last time Yusuf saw his brothers, he was staring up at them from the bottom of a well, begging for help. And now he is staring down at them from the top of a throne while they are begging him for help. SubhanAllah. Look at how the table's turned. You guys see that? SubhanAllah. Look at how the table's turned. The last time Yusuf saw his brothers, he was staring up at them from the bottom of a well, begging them not to do this to him, begging them to take him out of the well, begging them for help. And now, 40 years later, they enter into the king's court while Yusuf is sitting on a throne next to the king, and he's now looking down at them while they're looking up at him, asking him for help. Look at how the tables turn. Upon entering the king's court, Yusuf immediately recognized his brothers. However, they did not recognize him because they had written him off and could never have imagined that he would not only survive what they did to him, but arrive at a place of authority where they actually needed his assistance. You ever had somebody write you off? You ever had somebody, you know, just kind of wash their hands of you and just kind of think that you would never survive, you know, what they did to you. <laughs> you, you ever had somebody, I, I never forget, right, when everything first jumped off with me and the Salafis, right? There was a particular brother, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, I don't know where he is in his life right now, wallahu a'lam, but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide him, have mercy upon him. But I remember this brother, he posted on Twitter, he said, Shadid Muhammad is done. We are about to pray for Tekbirat over him, pray his janazah. He is finished. I never forget that. Salafis, right? Shadid Muhammad is done. He said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Four Tekbirat over him. You know, in the Salat of Janazah, you make four tekbirs over the deceased. So they were basically saying that my career as a da'i is over. 
I never forget that. He said, my career as an imam, as a student of knowledge, as a da'i, as somebody giving da'wah, my career is over. We're going to pray for takbirat over him. He's done. I, I hate to personalize that, but it, you know, it hit me. It hit me. You know, people just write you off like you, you know, and then later on when they see that you actually made it through, they're amazed. <laughs> they're amazed that, wow, this guy made it and he's still smiling. <laughs> he's still smiling. He's still giving dawa. He's still healthy. He didn't go slit his wrists. He didn't go jump off a bridge somewhere. He didn't go kill himself. He didn't go bury himself somewhere and just forget all about giving dawah. He's still kicking strong. You ever had somebody write you off? That you, you would never amount to anything? I was a foster child. I grew up in the foster care system, right? And statistically speaking, most children that grow up in the foster care system don't usually make it out of that system, you know, to become successful. Statistically, foster care, children that go through the foster care system, they are struggling with so many mental, psychological ailments that they don't have enough to thrive in society. So statistics actually write you off even before you even had a chance. So statistically, I'm not actually supposed to be where I am right now. But statistics don't determine your fate. God does. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. Nobody determines your fate. Nobody determines your fate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. So when you say, oh, we're going to make four takbirat over this brother, his career is over. You didn't say, inshallah. <laughs> you didn't factor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the final say. You don't. You understand? So Yusuf immediately recognizes his brothers, but they don't recognize him. They never thought that Yusuf would even survive. They had written him off. They never thought that this kid who they threw into a well, sold him into slavery to a bunch of slaves, a bunch of you know, uh, complete strangers who took him off to a far distant land, God knows where, Never did they ever think that they would step foot in the king's court and there would their brother be sitting there on the throne. Never. People write you off all the time. You're never going to be successful. They project their fears onto you, right? You ever come up with an idea and you say, I'm going to do this, and you have somebody who is really close to you, understands your drive, understands your, you know, your ambition and just write you off. You'll never be able to do that. Write you off. You're going to go to college and do what? You're going to become what? You're going to open up what? You're going to do what? 
You're going to get married? What? You'll never be successful. What they're doing is they're projecting their fears onto you. As Jay-Z said that his uncle told him, you'll never sell a million records. He said, I sold a million records a million times. <laughs> I, sold a, I sold a million records a million times. That might be an exaggeration, but what he's saying is that his uncle was projecting his fears onto him. I didn't take it personal. You know, I don't take it personal. This is that people just write you off sometimes and you can't allow you know, other people's fears to be projected on you to dictate your journey. You can't do that. It is not often that we see people born under tumultuous circumstances manage to toil their way through the layers of obstacles to arrive at a place of success. Despite Yusuf's many trials, he not only survived, he not only survived, but he managed to beat the odds that were against him, demonstrating the power and resilience of the human spirit in all of us. You just got to be able to tap into that right frequency. You got to be able to tap in. Some people are not able to tap in, but there's nobody who can tap into that frequency than a person who grows up in one of the most horrible situations that you can imagine. People who grow up, you know, in horrible, painful, tumultuous, dysfunctional situations, sometimes they are able to tap in to that frequency and then use those obstacles as stepping stones to walk out of, you know, that experience with their head up, with dignity, with honor. There's some people who manage to do that, and then there are others who succumb. There are others who give in to the circumstance and situation and just say that, you know, this is what it is, and they wallow in their pity, they wallow in their sorrow. And then there are others who they have drive, they have grit, and they're not going to let circumstance and situations dictate what their future is going to become. So it is not often that we see people born under tumultuous circumstances manage to toil their way through the layers of obstacles to arrive at a place of success. Children who are born in the foster care system or dysfunctional homes usually become products of their environment. However, there are some exceptions to that rule. There are some exceptions to that rule. And when they beat the odds, they show us the possibilities that anyone born under similar circumstances can achieve. Yusuf was the rose that grew from the concrete. You see how I take a modern day metaphor, modern day vernacular, modern day examples, and I apply them to our religion to make the connection. This is how we connect ourselves to our religion, connect ourselves to the text, connect ourselves to what we are reading. If you're reading the Quran and the Sunnah and you are connecting yourself to the past and not connecting yourself to the present, then you're missing the point. You understand? You're missing the point. 
The point is not to connect yourself backwards, but to connect yourself from where you are moving forward. Life is paradoxical. You can only understand it backwards, but live it forward. You can only live it forward, but you can only understand it backwards. So we understand the Quran and the Sunnah, the revelation and who it was revealed to and the reasons why, but then how do we connect that to where we are currently? And this is the disconnect that many Muslims and many Muslim communities have and continue to experience because they have leaders, preachers, teachers who do not know how to make those connections. The Prophet said, perhaps the person that's carrying the knowledge doesn't understand it. Perhaps the person that's carrying the knowledge, they don't really understand it. They can regurgitate to you what they read out of a book. They can tell you what a sheikh said. They can tell you what a sheikh understood. They can tell you what Ibn Taymiyyah said. They can tell you what Ibn al-Qayyim said. They can tell you what they understood and how they understand it, but they cannot give you the connection between their understanding and where you are currently. That's not a teacher. That's not an educator. That's not a teacher. We are not seeing education. We're not seeing Islamic education. We're not seeing teaching at its finest. And perhaps we get the leaders over us that we deserve because perhaps we are not ready for real teaching. Perhaps we're not ready. We get the, we get the leaders over us that we actually deserve. So maybe we need to take a deeper look within ourselves. So children who are born under these type of circumstances, children who are born under these particular circumstances, uh, they don't usually, they usually become products of their environment. Can you guys on Instagram here, is this, this thing, this uh, internet just keeps going in and out. It's like every time I open up and we wanna talk about something important, Something always happens to the Wi-Fi. Can you guys on Instagram hear? Can you guys hear? Can you guys on Instagram hear? I don't think they can hear. Okay, so let me continue really quickly before uh, before I end. So, however, there are some exceptions to the rule that can't hear. I have to continue. I don't know what's going on with this um, Wi-Fi. Okay, so however, there are some exceptions to that rule. And when they beat the odds, they show us the possibilities that anyone born under similar circumstances can achieve. 
Yusuf was the rose that grew from the concrete. Similarly, Bilal ibn Abi Rabah, that very illustrious companion of the Prophet Sallallahu Bilal ibn Abi Rabah, one of the early converts to Islam, spent most of his younger years as a slave to one, one of Mecca's elite tribesmen, Umayyah ibn Khalaf. However, after the conquest of Mecca in the year 8 AH, eight years after Hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ requested that Bilal stand on top of the Kaaba, the world's most sacred place, and call the Adhan. Can you imagine a man who spent most of his life as a slave, and then after the conquest of Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ turns and asks the Sahaba, Aina Bilal, where's Bilal? Bilal said, I'm right here, O Messenger of Allah. The Prophet said, come here, Bilal, stand on top of the Kaaba and call the Adhan. Call the Adhan. The Prophet did this to restore his honor as a human being and remove the stigma that is associated with being an ex-slave, meaning the social marginalization, that although you're no longer a slave, people still can't get over the fact that you were a slave. So you have to constantly live under the reminder of who you were rather than who you are, right? This is a dilemma of human beings. We don't like to forget when it comes to other people, but we like other people to forget when it comes to us, right? The dilemma of our time. So, and so everyone who used to look down on Bilal because of his social status as a slave now had to look up at him while he stood on top of the Kaaba as the first Mu'addin in the history of Islam. Bilal was the rose that grew from the concrete. You understand? Bilal, much like Prophet Yusuf was the rose that grew from the concrete. He was a slave, looked down upon, even after his freedom was purchased, he was still looked down upon, still frowned upon because he used to be a slave and people don't never ever let you forget that. But the Prophet ﷺ restored his honor and so now all of the people who used to look down on him because of his social status now had to look up at him while he stood on top of the Kaaba calling the Live life according to the 90-10 rule, understanding that we do not have control over the circumstances and situations we are born into, nor most of the challenges that confront us in our lives. Still, we do have control over how we choose to respond to them. The irony of oppression is that those who are quick in resorting to it usually find themselves under the authority of those whom they oppressed whether in this life or the next life. You can take that one and you can run with it. The irony of people who resort to, to oppression is that the people that they usually oppress, they usually end up underneath their authority, whether in this life or in the hereafter. This is the manner, the sunnah, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala maintains balance with his creation. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, and this is Allah's way in dealing with his creation that has been established and you will never find any change in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with his creation. The Prophet sallallahu in ending, he said to his companions, do you know who the bankrupt person is? 
And the Sahaba, they responded by saying the bankrupt person is the person who has no dinar, no dirham, no currency, no property. And the Prophet ﷺ had to correct their understanding. He said, no, the bankrupt person from my nation, from the Muslims, is the one who comes on the day of judgment, having prayed, fasted, given charity, but he also insulted this person, slandered this person, taken money from this person unjustly, spilled the blood of this person unjustly, hit that person, and the oppressed will each be given from his good deeds, and if his good deeds run out before justice is fulfilled, then their sins will be cast upon him, and he will be thrown into the hellfire. Thus, he still remains under the authority of the people that he oppressed. The rose that grew from the concrete represents someone who not only managed to overcome tremendous odds in life, but also grew into something beautiful despite his own imperfections and the obstacles put in his path. If the destination is beautiful, then don't ask how, don't ask about the troubles along the way. If the destination is beautiful, then don't ask about the troubles and the obstacles that you experience along the way. I end each chapter with a quote, and obviously, the chapter title being The Rose That Grew From The Concrete, I ended the chapter with Tupac Shakur's poetry. Somebody might say, oh, he's quoting non-Muslims. Oh, he's quoting rappers. Yeah, I'm quoting a rapper that actually made some sense. You understand? I'm quoting a rapper that actually makes a reference to a concept that is mentioned in our very own book. I'm quoting a rapper that many in our day and time before accepting Islam could relate to his music, could relate to his journey. I'm quoting, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cultural relevance, understand it. Cultural relevance, understand it. Or otherwise you will be irrelevant, which most are. Tupac Shakur said, did you hear about the rose that grew from a crack in the concrete? Proving nature's law is wrong. It, leaned, it learned to walk without having feet. Funny it seems, but by keeping its dreams, it learned to breathe fresh air. Long live the rose that grew from concrete when no one else ever cared. Hit home home for me. Long live the roles that grew from the concrete when no one else even cared. There are many of us right now who have converted to Islam all by ourselves. We managed to pull ourselves out of the mud. We managed to stand on our own two feet. We managed to grow legs so that we could walk again after the dunya, after the world, you know, beat us down. We managed to overcome so many odds. Stop being so hard on yourself. You are the rose that grew from the concrete. Stop being so hard on yourself. Rejoice in the fact that you were not, that you were not overcome by your obstacles. As a matter of fact, you overcame your obstacles. Rejoice. Rejoice in that fact. And rejoice in the fact that it was by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission that you did all of it. So that is 
a, a, just a kind of a snippet of what you can expect from uh, the 70 Laws of Virtue. The 70 Laws of Virtue. The book is $29.99. You can catch me at uh, um, you can catch me at Christiana Mall tomorrow at 5 p.m. We'll be there all day Saturday and all day Sunday, inshallah ta'ala. We will have this book. We have many other books that we have uh, uh, in store, in stock, inshallah. If you would like to purchase the book, you can purchase the book directly from our Masjid's website, www.rollthemasjid.com, R-A-W-D-A-H, rollthemasjid.com. You can go directly to the website and purchase the book, or you can purchase the book directly from PayPal using Imam Shadid Muhammad at Gmail. So in ending, alhamdulillah, uh, the book is available. Uh, all orders will be shipped out within the next few days, inshallah ta'ala. Orders have already started going out. Most of you uh, have already received your books or will be receiving your books uh, within the next day or so, inshallah ta'ala. Hopefully you guys find uh, uh, benefit in reading it, just as much benefit as I found in writing it. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. Um, the other thing is that if you guys have not purchased your ticket for Meshit Arolda's Black Friday uh, convention in Atlanta, this will be going down November 26th and 27th. If you have not purchase your tickets, you are missing out, go and purchase your tickets. You can go to RollTheATLConvention.com, RollTheATLConvention.com, go purchase your tickets. For family, up to four is $220, days for, $220 for both days, $65, I believe, for individual uh, purchase, if you want to purchase a ticket individually. Uh, we have, uh, alhamdulillah, we have Hoop Finesse, brother uh, Muhammad Abdul-Adim, we have Dr. Hassan Akbar. Uh, we couldn't have Sheikh Okasha. I called. I talked to Sheikh Okasha today. Uh, unfortunately, he is out of the country, but we definitely wanted uh, Sheikh Okasha to be uh, in the building. But inshallah ta'ala, for those of you who, uh, those of you who uh, are part of Masjid Arolda's community, uh, have some good news for you. We will have Sheikh uh, Okasha who will be giving a five-week course for Meshad Arola. So we have that to look forward to, inshallah, the second week of December. We have Sheikh Okasha online on Zoom, who will be teaching a five-week course for uh, those of our community, for Meshad Arola community. If you guys are not part of Meshad Arola's community, um, you can join our community. It's $25 per month to join the community. You get all of the perks that come along with being part of the community. Walillahi alhamd, we have free, uh, you know, um, lectures. We have free um, uh, uh, courses that we offer for the communities free. Uh, most of the community members, you know, they when we produce a book, they get the book for free. Alhamdulillah. So there are a lot of there are a lot of perks that come along with being a part of the community. If you want to join our community, alhamdulillah, we have a lot to offer. Um, and even if you don't want to join the community and you want to benefit from the perks, you can also pay to join the courses. Uh, but uh, Sheikh Okasha will be teaching um, um, a Sira class for Masjid Arola beginning the second week of December, inshallah ta'ala. So uh, we will put out a flyer for that uh, as we move closer to the date. Uh, for those of you who are already a part of Masjid Arola, you already know that the courses are free for you. For those of you who would like to join our Masjid, you can go to www. Uh, Masjid Arola, and you can uh, sign up to join up to become uh, a part of the community. We have a lot going on, inshallah ta'ala. We are uh, quickly approaching uh, the end of the year. 
we already have a building locked in that we have our sights on that we are in negotiations with inshallah hopefully by ramadan 2022 we will set our we will have reached our goal and we will be in our facility and we will be hosting ramadan in our facility inshallah ta'ala this ramadan coming ramadan um 2022 all right alhamdulillah we set out a goal last year and alhamdulillah as it looks by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are going to meet our goal. We do appreciate all of your donations. We appreciate everything that everybody has been doing of sharing, um, you know, sharing the flyers and, you know, participating in, you know, in our Wednesday, $100 Wednesdays. We really do appreciate. I don't have an opportunity to come on and thank you guys all the time, but I do thank you from the bottom of my heart. We could not have done it without you. All of you guys who donate, who continue to donate, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase your provision, increase your risk, increase you in good health, increase you in your wealth, increase you in all that is good in this life and in the hereafter. You are appreciated. You guys are the real MVPs. If no one ever told you that, you are appreciated. You are the real MVPs. There would be no Masjid Rolda. There would no be no Imam Shadid Muhammad. There will be none of that without you. And I am I'm truly humbled and grateful for the experience. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to unite our hearts and bring us closer together as we continue to do the work for his pleasure. So that's uh, November 26th and 27th. Please go and purchase your tickets, inshallah ta'ala. Um, I put out a goal that anybody who can get, I just saw a post that came up in our WhatsApp group that I think uh, we had someone that who already sold five tickets. If you sell five tickets, I have $150 for you. You sell five tickets, I'm going to give you $150 out of my pocket. You sell 10 tickets, I'm going to give you $250 out of my pocket. And when you have people register, just tell them to reference you that you were the one that gave them you know, the push to purchase their ticket. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll count that towards them and we'll, we'll make sure that they get what's theirs. All right. Purchase your tickets November 26, 27, Black Friday weekend. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll be in Atlanta, the Atlanta uh, uh, convention, inshallah. Um, and tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be at Christiana Mall. Christiana Mall, inshallah ta'ala, right outside Target where the play area is, right across from where the gap is. We will have our books, Meshit Arola, Arola Publications will have all of their books there. Please come out, support. Jazakumallahu khayran. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salama taslimi kathira. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.